Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast talking about all things ubiquity. This is UI Chat from the Interface. My name's Alex and I'm joined by my co-host, Willie Howell from YouTube. Welcome, Willie. Good morning. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you today? Oh, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, all good. Um, so those for those who are new to this podcast, this is a brand new brand new show me and, me and you are doing. So it's going to be a monthly, monthly episode, uh, about 15 minutes to half an hour. And we're just going to look at the the news, uh, the ubiquity news, new products, new software that the company has launched in the last last four weeks. And also, we're going to have a look at what uh, ubiquity videos you've been making. Because um, for those who don't know, you make ubiquity videos and also networking videos on YouTube, and they're all very good. So um, we'll get we'll get straight into it. Um, so last month, there was a few new devices launched. Um, we had the the new unified dream wall as well. Um, we also had the U6 Enterprise. So we'll look at the inter- at U6 Enterprise. So this is a this is a very sort of quite a large in wall access point um it is it's like it's like two it's like two regular in walls side by side <laughs> now, based on installs you've done before would this would this be like a usable product for for things or so here's the thing with ubiquity right they are they're pretty good uh and and you know thanks to those of us uh like yourself and me and some of the other creators you know sometimes there's kind of a hype a hype machine and a hype train yeah. uh, with some of these. So when I look at an in-wall access point, I don't like it to be much bigger than the gang box that I'm mounting it on. Um, and I know a lot of my customers like a lower profile, right? If we're going to do an in-room and, and there are a lot of uh, four-star, five-star hotels that say that, uh, you know, in their requirements, you have to have an in, in-wall, you know, in-room AP in every room. Now, as uh, more and more devices get Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E, um, maybe I can see people adopting this. But here, here's the thing. You remember um, when TP-Link, uh, Omada, came out with their first Wi-Fi 6 AP, and, and a lot of us did videos on it, and this thing was huge. It was like the size of a dinner plate and like yeah, yeah. two and a half, three inches thick. It's huge. So I, I think what... <laughs> Yeah, I think what'll happen is when you see this the U uh, U six Enterprise, I think I think with every like with everything else, I think we'll see it start getting smaller. You know, um, I do think they're going to sell a lot of these units just because of um, you know just because of faithful you know ubiquity customers, right? So they'll they'll sell a ton of them just for that. For new installs, I don't know. I just. Uh, quoted an install, and we were using the standard, um, the standard in walls. We didn't, we didn't quote the the enterprise. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of our a lot of our installs that are going to be hanging around for four to five years probably still aren't going to use Wi Fi six or Wi Fi six e. Right. So I don't know that this is necessarily a niche uh, product. I think it is like some other things that they do where it's going to push the ball forward. And you're going to see other developments come out of this. Yeah, definitely. I've I've only used the, one of them in in my house. Um, it seems to work quite well. It's a area area I just wanted very sh- very small coverage. I didn't want to leak into the rooms. So the low gain of the main wall seemed to help that. Um, but yeah, it's quite an expensive unit. So for reference, the standard U6 in wall well, was 171 pounds here in the UK. Um, and this this huge U6 enterprise isn't even on sale here yet, but it's 299 in the US. Um, so it's probably about a half, like double, fifty like percent more. Um, which 
I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to see how people use it, but it's um, yeah, it's two nine nine in the US. Well, and, and to turn up all of the features, you have to power it with eight hundred two dot three BT, right? So you got to have that PoE plus plus, which. Yep. Now, now, are you buying power bricks? Are you going to invest in a, a switch that does uh, PoE plus plus? Because here's the thing, you know, in the past, uh, ubiquity switches with PoE have been very affordable. Um, the prices, uh, I, and I, I think this is true across the board. I don't think this is necessarily a ubiquity problem. I think this is a a technology supplier problem. You know, these these newer PoE switches that can do the plus plus, they're they're not. They're not cheap, right? No, they're quite so, expensive. Yeah, are we going back to the days? Do you, do you remember? Because uh, you had a Wisp, right? I, I used to work for a Wisp, yeah, back uh, a few years ago, yeah. So, do you remember back in the day when we all got started and then we just had the the twenty four volt power bricks just absolutely everywhere, and we everybody would like zip yeah. tie them to the wall and screw them to the wall, and everybody was proud of that, you know. And then and then the switches became affordable, so yep. everybody started moving to the switches. So I don't know if we're returning to the day where you're going to see just a ton of these uh, POE++ power bricks all over the place until the switches become affordable, but that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so just for reference, the, you can power the U6 Enterprise in wall by uh, AT POE. If you want to use the POE pass-through on port one, you have to use BT. Um, Correct. Yeah, uh, but that, that will only output it at, at um, AF on port one, so it's like any other uh, in-wall device. But I would also, so I don't know if you've messed with the uh, with the U6 Enterprise, not the N-Wall, but the standard U6 Enterprise. No, not and yet, no. Even, it doesn't have a pass-through, but even if you if you plug it into just a PoE+, Plus, uh-huh. uh, Unify will tell you to be able to use this device fully, all of its features, you have to plug it into PoE++. So, um, and then also the main uplink is 2.5 gig, right? So there's a lot of considerations from the wire to the router. Yeah. Do you think the extra power, power requirements are due to the fact that those devices have got three radios now? We've got six, two, five, and 2.4. It could be. I think it is. I think it yeah. is three radios. And I think it is, you know, um, along with that uplink being 2.5 gig, um, to be able to push all of that throughput and to power those radios appropriately, you, you're going to have to have the extra power. And I, and, you know, Ubiquity is just one of the companies pushing, you know, the BT standard. Um, but uh, if you look at some of their other, other offerings, I don't want to get too far off the rails, but like, if you look at the Connect, uh, you know, they've got 27 inch monitors um, mm. that are powered. And, and so I, I think, I think 802.3 BT is, that's, that's where we're heading. Right. Yeah. And it'll obviously negotiate down, but uh yeah, I, I think, and I think you're going to see even higher uh, um, limits on PoE in the future. But I don't know how much we can actually push down a Cat Six cable. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the limit is. Um, it, it, we're probably probably approaching that limit because, yeah, because the air fibers um, they use a 54 volts, so that must be around that power requirement. But they're not. Um, using the active PoE, so it, it'd be interesting to see how far we can go. How far we can go with it <laughs> <laughs> until we let out the magic smoke. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next bit of news was the tail end of March. So it's not quite in April, um, but we are um, covering a few little bits. So we've got the uh, the unified Dream Wall. Um, so I know um, Chris and Cody have already done 
on videos on the dream i'm i'm on mixed mixed uh what do you call it sort of mixed uh ground with the dream wall i'm not too sure if it's going to be the thing um it it's sort of we don't really have it here in the uk but i know um i speak to someone uh from the us and it's more this is more of the size of a fuse what do you call it a breaker box or i think that's what you call it yeah and there's some other uh boxes that you see in new construction that they put in your like your like i don't know your laundry room or your media room and it's it's like a a white metal box that that is set into the wall and uh-huh. they run all your coax and your ethernet in there so I will tell you, I've, I've asked Ubiquity to send me one of these and there's some <laughs> requirements around it um, because the product is selling, it's selling pretty well already. Okay. And I think when Chris did his video, he was using the EA version that he bought. He so the hardware is not the same. That's right. um, and so I'm excited to get one of the new ones with the bigger uh, uh, screen on it and see what yeah. other hardware changes have been made under the hood. And that's why they don't want us doing videos on EA products. And I really uh, try to respect that. Yeah. Um, I've seen, um, if you look at my pictures, in fact, uh, you liked one of my pictures that I, I posted on uh, Twitter yesterday, which was a new uh, Unify setup with a UDM uh, SE and all the APs that, that's going to go out to a customer. And if you look in the in, behind the, the network gear, there's a white box laying on the arm of the chair. And that's actually a product that never made it out of EA. That is the, uh, the oh, Ethernet power. Yeah. And, and I, I continue to use that. And when my units don't work anymore, that is going to be a sad day because I, I have a stable 40 to 50 megabit connection anywhere in my house when, you know, when I plug that in. So I, I'm not limited to working in just one room. Um, and I definitely get a, uh, a better connection than Wi-Fi. What I'm excited about about that that Dreamwall is first to get one that's that's not EA. But I I where I really see maybe this being advantageous is maybe we're going to see new home builders get into this market where they're where they are specking uh, network right when when they're building homes and so. For somebody that doesn't want to put in a rack, you know, when they want to continue to sink these like boxes in the wall, like we've been talking about, yep. um, this thing will mount right in there. All the Ethernet cables will be, be hidden. You know, you wouldn't even know that there's any gear in in the house. So uh, I, I kind of see that. I see that for people renovating homes where they want to hide uh you know, they're not everybody's a geek like you and I, where they want to show this equipment off. You know what I mean? They want it to be out of the way. And right, they wanted to just run. Um, I did think it was really interesting when Ubiquity released their um, promo materials on it. Uh, they went back and they talked about how AT and T created that 19 inch rack standard. Yeah, um, that was interesting. And then, and then they started talking about how they are reintroducing it. I think. And, and here's what we've noticed, right? There are other vendors who are, are catching up to Ubiquity, doing some things better. Uh, but, you know, Ubiquity, love them or hate them, they're like the Tesla of, of IT, right? Whether they are the best or whatever, they are innovating and they are pushing the envelope and pushing these things forward. So um, they've got a ton of R&D in these products. We haven't even seen the Pro come to EA yet. 
right? No, so exactly. um, in, the, in the US, I know it was released, I think in Europe, um, hmm. but um, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see how this form factor um, works out moving forward. Because if, uh, do you remember the front row camera? I do. Yeah. So yeah. for the listeners uh, that may not remember it, front row camera was a wearable uh, action camera that ubiquity came out with. And it was, it was a flash in the pan. It didn't last. I don't think it lasted a year. Um, I've still got mine, but when you look at the, the format, the physical format of that device, that is now our e or our uh, card readers and stuff for um, UID, you know, to let you into your, your building. So yep. it, it's super interesting to see how they reuse designs and how things all uh, flow together. I, for one, am excited for the the UDM. I can't wait to get my hands on one, um, and I want to see where they take take this all in one uh, networking kind of the to the next level. I don't think it's ever going to replace uh, 19 inch rack mount standard gear, but I I do think there is definitely a market for it. Okay, that's interesting. Maybe, as you said, maybe more in homes and businesses because businesses have a dedicated IT team, that sort of thing. Um, right. So, just for some information, so it's it's as you said, it's a like a, quite a huge uh, white box, um, about the same size as the breaker box in the US. Um, Sixteen Ethernet ports on it. Um, all of them, I think, all of them do PoE at some standard. So you've got BT, AT, and AF on all of them. Um, so yeah. Some of them don't have BT. Uh, there's also a 10 gig SFP plus port for LAN. And then you've got uh, two WAN ports like the UDMSE. You've got a 10 gig SFP plus port and then a two and a half gig RJ45. And of course, you can do all the, the WAN failover and load balancing. Um, it's on sale now in the US. It's actually in stock um, for, and it's 999. So about $1,000. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Yeah. Which if you, if you take a look and you break it down, right? And we, we had these conversations when the UDMs came out and the UDRs, when you take a look at the gear that's actually inside of these boxes mm-hmm. and you break it down, what it would cost you to piece it together. A hundred percent. It's really not a big price. No, especially as we mentioned uh, just a minute ago about the BT switches being expensive. You've got quite a few, uh, I think got four BT switch, four BT ports. Um, so it's this, yeah, you can do quite a lot with that. So that's quite good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the next bit isn't, really relevant for me or you um but it's uh unified talk is now out in canada um so i remember cody was quite excited about this coming out to canada um so yeah unified talk's been out for a little while and it's unified talk was it's not the first thing they've tried um i i used their initial voip phones ages ago um at work i used it as sort of a, as a standalone phone i plugged in the um the sip details and it seemed to work pretty well um, this has been out for about two years now. Um, I think you've had a play with Unified Talk, haven't you? So, yeah, I still have some of those original phones, and we actually use the original Unified uh, Talk phones with uh, with a Grandstream PBX or with uh, Free PBX, and they work great. You can't update them, obviously, but um, we do support Unified Talk, and we do have some customers um uh, who have gone out. Uh, one of our biggest installs is about 40 phones. Uh, we're helping them kind of work through it, but it is a single site, you know. Um, they are persistent this time with Unify Talk, and they keep adding features and things like that. So I can't wait to see where where it ends up to see if it's going to be um, 
I, I hope they don't end a life. It. I'll say that I, I want to see it, you know, keep getting new features because under the hood it's free switch, right? And free switch is just as powerful as uh, asterisk, which is what most other PBXs run. And right. so I really hope it, it does stay uh, in production. And we we've done uh, brand new installs. The the biggest brand new install we've done, I think, is six phones um, and some very basic requirements. Anything other than that, we do we do switch over to another vendor for that. But mm-hmm. um, the thing that I find interesting is that some of the features uh, I was really excited when they uh, uh, came out with voice voicemail transcription. But for yeah. that to work, you have to buy their uh, their service, right? You have yeah, to pay that nine ninety nine a month per line. But uh, the some of the other details that I think is, is kind of interesting is you can do the locked phones, uh, and get them a little cheaper. Um, the, the pricing in Canada, uh, I think is, is interesting. And I'm assuming it has to do with, um, regulatory and how taxes and things are charged there. Um, do you know, have they added the number porting yet? No, that's not available yet. No, it's not. So there's only two phones available as well. You've only got the, the, uh, the unlocked phones are on sale. They're not selling the locked phones, uh, and they oh, are. Oh, those aren't available. In no, so I, I think I think when you look at the dollar amount for the US and Canada, I think the Canada one is a higher number, but I'm not, I'm not sure about the conversion rate. But the smaller phone is two six nine, and then the larger phone is three nine nine. I'm not sure how it works out in in normal US dollars, but yeah. So the, yeah, the it's number... about one, about one and a half times. Uh, oh, okay, that makes when, sense when you look at. Yeah. Yeah. So the number porting not available, um, and the unlocked phones in the US are um, obviously a bit more expensive than the locked ones. The locked ones are actually quite a good deal, really. So, for example, the the smaller phone touch, the the five inch one, is seventy nine dollars in the US, and then it's um, sorry seventy nine dollars for the unlocked the locked one, and then it's one nine nine for the lock the unlocked one. So it's quite a bit more, really. Um, obviously, they obviously want you to use the the subscription, so. Right. And, and, and that's a thing too. And when you look at some of the other subscriptions, I had a customer who, who called me and they were using UID and they signed up for the paid plan and they got an unexpected <laughs> $5,000 charge. Right. Oof. And so, so yeah, so we're working through that, but here's the thing, you know, people, um, what people don't understand is ubiquity can only sell so much hardware. Right. And so at some point they're going to have to start charging for these services if people want, want to be able to keep using them. So, um, you know, and I think there's always going to be a market for some of this stuff, especially if they keep innovating and adding features, um, that, then the twelve ninety nine per month with no number porting, I think that might be a hard pill for some folks to swallow right now because they can't switch providers. Yep. Um, now you've got this situation where I've got a new, you know, a new DID or a new phone number, and now I've got to forward my old one and I got to keep, you know, and it just becomes kind of a management mess. Yeah. Um, but let's, you know, let's hope that, that, that they keep, you know, keep this up. And, and uh, it's been really interesting to watch the features come through. And, and I will tell you that some of the features of talk are really, they're fantastic and, and they are doing some things better than other vendors for sure. Especially yeah. the, um, when you can type in and create the, uh, where it will generate the voice for the auto attendant for you. Um, yeah, definitely. Nobody else in this, this price range, um, or, or maybe even in general, uh, we, we tried to limit the uh, number of PBXs, uh, that we offer. 
Um, nobody else, I don't think, is is doing it at this this price range. And, yeah. the, and the only other thing I, I want to say too is um, we've been recommending that if people are running it, that they get a Cloud Key Gen Two Plus. And uh, if they want to rack mount it, get the rack mount accessory for that. But we've been recommending that people run this um, on its own device, kind of as a standalone phone system. It's it's really affordable uh, in the U.S. You know, the, the Cloud Key Gen 2 is $199 and then the rack mount, I think, is $79 or $89. And, and it's it's a it's really um, affordable to do that. And, and just because we don't want to overload the gateway. Right. The, the UDM yeah, Pro, the, yeah. the SE, the UDR, you know, it's just like I was talking to someone last night that we're taking on as a customer and he's got a UDM SE and he was talking about wanting to tinker with talk. UID is already a full go for them. But, um, you know, looking at uh, the cameras and I said, well, how many cameras do you have? And he's like uh, 24 cameras. And I'm like, OK, hold on a second. Let's uh, make sure that we put this on. <laughs> own, you know, UNVR. And he's like, it's, you know, it's funny you said that because I went ahead and ordered it. So, so if you're going to run talk, um, if you're just going to tinker with it and mess around with it, I think it's, it's probably okay to run on the consoles. Um, but if you're going to run it in production as a, a phone system that, um, you know, you don't want to just tinker with, uh, I would definitely recommend putting it on a cloud key gen two plus. Yeah, the also the the big thing. So I've I've I picked up a few of the ATAs last year when they were quite cheap. They're now a bit expensive. Um, so I've had a chance to play around with them. I've also got the Flex Phone. Uh, it does actually work here as long as you just tell it you're in the US. It seems to connect fine. Um, there seems to be a server. <laughs> there seems to be a server in the EU that the EU that it's connecting to because I've got like thirty milliseconds of latency to the nearest server, which is quite good. Um, but the big the big thing is is the is the call recording. So I've looked at certain providers. And they charge you tons to record the calls. It's like per minute. Um, and if I, if I remember rightly, I think all the call recording on the Unify Talk goes to the hard drive of the cloud key, which is, it's, again, like Protect and like with Talk, then they're doing much more local stuff, which is it's what we need, need really. Right. And, and I think that that's where they're going to have an advantage. Um, you know, uh, uh, Grandstream also does that. Um, and that's our, our, our main PBX that we use. But uh, I, I, you're absolutely correct. Keeping all of that, that, that voice local, not letting some provider analyze it without you knowing, you know, there's all kinds of uh, privacy concerns and things like that. And I think that uh, Ubiquity will continue to be successful as long as they keep that model. Yep, definitely. It's, it's such a huge, like we protect such a huge differentiator that you can't really pick up many cheap uh what's say cheap but affordable camera systems which do local recording uh such a big thing so it's yeah. good cool um the next thing is this was released a few weeks ago it's the uh, version 3.0.7 so unify os3 for the uxg pro uh i've been messing around with the uxg pro for about a year now uh sort of using it in a lab for host of our videos um but yeah this this is basically bringing a lot of the features from the udmse over to the uxg pro so you've got ad blocking we've got WireGuard VPN, uh, Open VPN tunnels as well um, for traffic routes. There's loads and loads of new features, um, which is which is great. Have you got have you got a UXT Pro at all? Or? I do, and we actually recommend those uh, for customers that have USGs. 
yep. we recommend UXG as a drop-in replacement. Uh, we also uh, have run into, you know, customers who are trying to do large properties with like a UDM Pro and yeah. they want to run Protect. You know, so you start running into resource contention and some poor performance and things like that. And so we tell them, okay, let's go ahead and, um, you know, move the the uh, UDM somewhere else. Let's drop in a UXG and a cloud key and uh, the performance goes through the roof. I love this product. I can't wait to see if they're going to come out with something that's a little smaller, you know, for so. somebody that doesn't need. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the thing is... I think a ton of MSPs, if they come out with a box that's about a half the you know half the size, um, uh, when you look at like the old uh, USG, I think it's going to be a slam dunk, and I think they're going to sell a million of them. Yeah, um, and I I know just from the access that I have to people's controllers, which if you're listening to this and you haven't worked with me for more than six months, please remove my access to your controller. But <laughs> the amount of uh, uh, controllers that I have with, with USGs, I mean, I, I probably have access to, to twelve to fifteen hundred networks that have USGs, and I know that as soon as they release something that's that's half the size, but it's still this next gen gateway concept, yep. everybody's going to move to replace it. You know, and uh, I, I really applaud them for bringing this up to feature parity with everything else. Yeah, um, and and it's an easier sell now. You know. It was such a the UXG Pro was such a sort of it seems a little bit cursed to start with because it was an EA for so long and everyone thought oh, this isn't going to launch and then it eventually did. Um, so it's yeah I, I I loved using it. It's 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 got such a great amount of features and it's um, you don't have to use a, a proper uh, console for it, which is good. I see where where when you go to buy this in the in the Ubiquity store in the US at least they have it under us. Uh, uh, heading called routing offload i noticed that yeah and so i think i'm speculating and i don't know any more about this than you do and it, this is not coming from a place of knowledge that <laughs> i shouldn't say this out yeah i i think you're see this be able to be nested behind the other um you know the udms the, the, you know, UDM pros, I think you're going to be able to see this nested and controlled with the same controller. Um, and I, and I think, um, another thing that's interesting when you look at the UDM software, if you go into the, uh, advanced system settings, there's a place in there in the UDMs to set the, uh, the adoption URL. Uh, and with, there's a device in EA that's about $5,000. We probably shouldn't talk about. I see all of this kind of coming together, uh, in a, in a big way. I hope I'm right. There's no official roadmap. So yeah, somebody put it up wonder when they hear this and we'll see if Alex and I are right. Yeah. I remember when the UXC Pro was launched, it, it, they haven't changed that heading at all. I, I thought, I thought the exact same thing as you. I thought, okay, it's going to be sort of offloading that, that cause routing's quite a, CPU intensive things, so just offload that to the to the UXG Pro. It'd be quite a good uh, good thing if they do that. More software stuff. So the this has been uh, sort of people have been waiting for this um, for ages. So it's Unify OS three for the little UDM base and then the UDM Pro. Um, I don't know much about software development, but there seems to me that there wasn't much reason that based on what the UDM SE is. It's just a UDM Pro with some extra PRE ports. I don't think there's any 
sort of underlying architecture differences. But it, obviously, things things internally within Ubiquiti were, were had different priorities and things, and it annoyed a lot of people that this has taken so long to get to the Union Pro. I can understand that if you've paid four hundred dollars, whatever, for the UDM Pro, how much it is, and it, it just take you could see another product that's been launched and it hasn't got the features yet. It's just like what's going on, um, but. Credit to, well, credit where credit's due. Um, about ten days ago, Ubiquiti released um, UDM version three for the UDM and UDM Pro. It's basically brought these two devices up to speed with the UDR, UDM Pro, uh, UDM SE. Sorry, so we've got all those features that those devices have had for ages, like WireGuard VPN and um, the ad blocking, that sort of thing. So it's good. Yeah, and it actually just hit general release. Uh, mm-hmm two days ago, three days ago. So it was release yep. candidate. And it's one of those things. And I know there were other folks that were releasing videos, but I always get kind of nervous when it, even when it hits RC, Me too. Uh, just because I've yep. seen so many releases go to RC and then the next day they get pulled back. So yep. I kind of waited, uh, you know, before I did that, but um, there's really a UDM or a, a, a Unify OS device really for everybody's use case at this point, you know, and everybody's kind of price point. Yep. And uh, I think that depth of, of offering is is really going to serve serve them uh, well. And I will tell you just from the comments on my video, people, you're right, people were very excited to see this, to see that feature parity. I'm very excited to see the feature parity because now I don't have to try to uh, mix and match devices and, mm. and, you know, if I've got a, if I don't need PoE on the, uh, on the gateway, I can use a, a UDM or a UDM Pro. Now, obviously, the standard UDM still can't run other applications, uh, but it it uh, is a is a routing beast. So um, I'm excited to see where they take this. Definitely, yeah. It's, we'll put the uh, link to the Ubiquiti release post in the um, uh, show notes. But there's a ton of comments. There's like ton of comments about seventy thousand views. So people obviously uh, they love that. Um. About a few days ago, I noticed on, so for quite a while, Ubiquiti have had network.unify.ui.com, and this was a place you'd go to to have your uh, Gen 1 cloud keys, also your um, self-installs. So if you've got a Hostify controller or any self-installs on Linux or whatever, uh, that would be the place you go to, and it's it, the branding on it is very out of date. Um, and it's still available. You can still use that that site, but... There's now an extra tab or extra side panel within unify.ui.com. So, so unify.ui.com was the place you go to. What well, is the place you go to to view all your Unify's consoles, so Cloud Keys, uh, UDM Pros, and, and then the uh, UNVRs as well. But there's now this extra little panel called Network Servers, and this is where those devices live. So, if you've got a, a Gen One Cloud Key, well, first of all, uh, need to stop using it because it's it's not supported anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, also. Any, any self-installs um, are all in there. So it's a little bit more seamless um, to view all your controllers, which is it's great to see. Yeah, I noticed that the other day. Um, yeah. The button just kind of appeared. So for those of you who are listening to us, if you go to unify.ui.com, on the left-hand side, it's going to be the bottom icon um, on the left-hand side. And it's a, I don't know, at first I was like, is that a shovel? Like I couldn't like figure out what it was at first. And then I clicked on it. <laughs> You know, and, and everything was there. And then do you know, is the icon above that showing up for everybody or do you have to be an EA for the icon above that to show up? Uh, you have to have, so even if you're in the EA program, it won't show up initially. You have to have a server running 
a specific version for new features. <laughs> if I put that okay, so as transparent as I can. <laughs> as I say, we probably shouldn't talk about it yet, but man, when we're able to talk about that feature, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Let's just say that it's a feature that everybody's been asking for since the UDMs came out. Um, <laughs> you're about to get it. Yep. Good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah it has to have... It has to, you have to have to be running a certain version for it to show up, which is, um, if you want to learn more about what we're on about, just go to the EA um, section on the forum. So, <laughs> Cool. Um, that's all the, the Ubixi news. It's been a relatively quiet month compared to most. Um, I remember early in the year, there was absolutely tons of stuff launched. Um, but hopefully as episodes, as we record more episodes, um, month to months coming will be a bit more rich of, of news. Um just have a quick chat about what videos you've got on on your channel that you've launched the last few weeks. So uh, last weekend, uh, so I manage a network that spans 100 acres. I did a video that talks about that and and uh, draw draw out what is fiber interconnects, what is uh, wireless backhauls, and and the technologies from Ubiquity. It is a complete Ubiquity network. Uh-huh. Um, everything from the router to that to the backhauls to, I mean, everything, even the SFPs, even the cabling we run outside, we run tough cable because I don't ever want there to be uh, <laughs> any finger pointing in a network that large. Right. Yeah. Um, then, then I talked about uh, unify uh, switch port security. So I'm actually going to do a video uh, looking at the, the edge switch and that as well. But uh, if you're not familiar with what switch port security is, uh, just a high level overview is we're uh, able to basically disable a port on a switch. If it uh, sees a Mac address that is not the device that we want on that port. Yep. Um, so that that's uh, that's coming for the edge side. But then I also uh, yesterday released my uh, unify OS 3.0.20 uh, video. So awesome. um, a lot of, a lot of ubiquity uh, content coming. Um, a lot, and then uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, my contact over there will drop that uh, dream wall, you know, in the mail, and and we'll see if we can get one of those those busted out. But it is on our list. We are going to start doing some unified talk videos, um, just just because we've got so many people that reach out and are are already using it. They're already invested, yeah. um, and so we are going to do some videos about how to take care of some you know some basic maintenance and make some basic changes so that's coming as well sounds good thanks for joining us for this very first episode of ui chat from willie howe and me if people want to find more about you uh, where can they where can they find you so they can find me at willyhow.com um, or they can find me on twitter um, at willie howe you can find me on youtube at willie howe um, and then there's some uh, other um there's some other social media sites that I'm on, but once you get to willyhow.com, you can basically find everything from there or from the YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll put the links down in the show notes. If you watch, if you listen to this on YouTube, which is something you can do, they'll be in the description as well. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Alex.